Welcome back to the Inspired Business Leader. Today on the show, we have Kyle Stanley. Fearless Kyle, as he goes by online, he started multiple businesses and had a lot of failures along the way. But finally, he stumbled upon real estate and he started in Airbnb, where he first started as a host. Now he teaches and coaches online about having a successful Airbnb business. So one thing that really surprised me about when I was exposed to his content was he even teaches Airbnb for those who don't own real estate. So I think this is going to be really interesting, whether you're interested in Airbnb or you're just or whatever industry you are working in. I'm excited for you to hear this episode. You're listening to The Inspired Business Leader, a podcast where you'll learn from top business leaders. You will be inspired to lead your team as you grow a profitable and impactful business. Here's your host, Joe Hankel. Hey, Kyle, how are you doing today? I'm good, Joe. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Uh, glad to have you on the show. Um, I guess we'll start with your your early failures. Before you were the fearless Kyle, before you were a fearless investor, what were some of the first entrepreneurial attempts? Uh, many. <laughs> but um, I would say, so first of all, I was always kind of an entrepreneur at heart, but just was uh, stubborn in, in admitting it because um, my dad owned a business. And um, when I got into college, I was like, no, I don't want to own a business. I see how stressed my dad is. And um, I decided to go the the sports casting route. So I got my first job out of college in Grand Junction, Colorado, where I was a sports anchor for a local TV station. And I found out very quickly, I, I was a lot like my dad and the fact that I don't like other people telling me how to do my job. So we call that an entrepreneur. And uh, about a year into doing that job, I actually started a side business making videos for high school athletes to help them get recruited to play in college that started making more money than even my full-time gig at the, uh, at the news station. So I said, well, why not go full-time with this? Obviously if I put more time into it, I'm going to make more money. Right. Well, um, not always. And, and so <laughs> that's what I, what I learned very quickly was, um, I started going full-time into this, this business where I was making these videos for athletes. Well, I moved it to Arizona I took on a lot of opportunities and I tried my mistake there was I tried to be the yes man for everyone, right? Like instead of just focusing on something that I was really good at and being an affiliate with other people who were better at things that I wasn't good at, I ended up trying to be everything for everyone. I tried to be a one-stop shop. And instead of being a master of one, I was a jack of all trades and not a very good jack of all trades, to be honest. So, um, spread myself really thin in that business. Uh, but you know, just like anyone, you start your first business and you're like, I don't want to fail. So that thing probably lasted about four years too long. It went about six years in total. Um, and I can tell you, Joe, like there were times when I was just like, how am I going to pay my mortgage? Um, how am I going to pay off this credit card bill? Um, if you've ever seen, you know, those, that, that graph, it's like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm awesome. And then later in the day, it's like, I suck at this. Yeah. What am I doing? And I felt like that on literally like 17 different emotions per day uh, in that business. But um, I I eventually let that go back in. So that went from about 2012 to 2018. I eventually turned, um, turned that faucet off because I had another one in a multi-level marketing company um, that was starting to do well. 
Um, but that even ended up kind of hitting a, a rough spot as well. And so I just, I was trying everything, man. Like I tried, I tried starting my own business. I tried the multi-level marketing. I got into a contracting job with independent sales. Um, and, and then eventually found real estate where I'm at today. But even that, like there was parts of real estate that I failed at. And I think, you know, at the end of the day, the biggest thing that never left was the the desire right i wasn't chasing a successful business i was chasing mm -hmm. the lifestyle right and now today i can say that i've earned that lifestyle of being able to have time and financial freedom and we just had our first daughter and i'm i'm being a full-time dad and you know this is everything i've been working for and so um to any young young entrepreneurs out there it's not it's not the business that you're after it's the it's the lifestyle and make sure that that stays at the forefront mm -hmm. Congra congr congratulations especially about you know having a first daughter i'm Thank sure you. that's changing your perspective a lot along the way um oh yeah for sure with with so you 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 try these different things you kind of are trying to figure out the path of the entrepreneur um, mm -hmm. along different fields. And then somewhere along the line, you get your first Airbnb, you start having a little success. What was what was the journey from really like specifically getting into real estate, getting into Airbnb, maybe, um, you know, and, and we, we, what really changed your mindset around real estate? Yeah. So, um, Going back to 2018, when I was ending that other business, um, and I was still doing the multi-level marketing stuff, I my dad was in hospice from September of 2018 and ended up passing in January of 19. Mm. Um, and during that four months, I really told all of my team and my MLM, like, hey, I, I, I just can't put time into this. I have to be here for my family right now. And what I had been creating, essentially, in probably it was about four or five years, what I had essentially created uh, in four or five years that was supposed to be quote unquote passive, really like almost got cut in half overnight. Um, and I realized just how active I had to be in that business in order for it to really move its wheels. So, you know, it was during that time when I was also looking at my dad and, you know, he had owned a business for Oh gosh, close to 50 years. And, and he was also the operator in that business. If he wasn't operating that business, then it wasn't going to, to run. And so I said that that can't be what life's all about. It can't mm -hmm. be about just like working until the day you die and it don't, and then your business dies with you. There has to be some easier way and a way to be able to leave a legacy. And so everything I Googled and researched was going back to real estate. So for really three months, I was just I was listening to Bigger Pockets, the Cardone Zone. I was listening to all these different real estate related podcasts. And I wanted to get into real estate. I just had this like analysis paralysis of like what, what strategy? There's so many mm. strategies, right? There's flipping, there's wholesaling, there's long-term rentals, there's creative financing, there's Airbnb, there's all this stuff. And I just could not make a decision. And one day I just said, I just gotta, I just gotta pull the trigger on something. So I went to a a seminar here in Fresno where I live with uh, fortune builders, which is teaching you how to flip and wholesale. And it was just like, ding, ding, ding. Like all these light bulbs went off. Um, I had been honing all these skills that just lined up with real estate, how to raise money, develop mm -hmm. relationships, networking, uh, analyzing deals. I'm a numbers guy. All these things just fit in with flipping and wholesaling. And so, um, I got in in January of 2019 to flipping and wholesaling, did my first flip actually six weeks later, sold it um, within the first really four months of getting into flipping, made a small profit. But that was really like the affirmation of like, hey, 
I I did it. Like I I did the deal. I raised the money. I made actually a little bit more than I was expecting to make on that flip. And and it was proof of concept. And so it just gave me the confidence to go out and do it again. And then on my second one, I actually said, I'm going to hold on to this as a long-term rental. And then right before the renovations were done, I was like, wait a second, I've been doing Airbnb as a room out of my house for some extra income for the last couple of years. What would happen if I actually did this as an entire house on Airbnb? And people, including my mentor, were like, Kyle, Airbnb doesn't work in Fresno. We're not a vacation market. That does That's not going to make sense. And I was like, you know what? I don't believe that. And this is a really small barrier of entry. I just have to furnish the place, which is about 10K. And I'm willing to take that risk. And sure enough, I tripled my profits as an Airbnb versus a long-term rental in month one. And I was off and running. So um, as soon as that happened, Joe, it was like, how can I go get more? Hmm. And I just got into educating myself. I learned how to be able to do this without owning properties and before I knew it, you know, within about three years, we were at 50 plus properties, most of which were other people's properties, uh, you know, doing revenue over $200,000 per month, me netting 20 to 40 per month. Um, and, and it's, it's been, uh, been a complete game changer. It's been amazing. That, that's so cool. Um, and I, it, it must've been interesting. Like I, I'm curious on your, like how you're feeling that, that moment, maybe when, maybe six months after going to that event or something after having these different business attempts and then kind of stumbling onto the thing that you're like, Oh, this is it. What, 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 what were you kind of feeling in that season of life? Uh, well, I was definitely feeling I needed change because what I was doing was not working. You know, at this point I had now been an entrepreneur for nine years and had not made over $75,000 in a year. Um, so I knew whatever I was doing was not working. I could barely support myself, let alone, I wasn't married and didn't have kids, but I knew that's what I wanted one day. And I was like, how can I ever do that? If I'm working 50, 60 hours a week and barely being able to make ends meet for myself. Um, what else was I feeling? I, I would say, uh, the other feeling was just, you know, I was, I was exhausted, right? Like I, I, I grinded through my twenties because I wanted the payoff in my thirties, right? Like I, I want to do the opposite of my friends. All my friends were partying and having a good time. And sure. I still had some fun in my twenties, but 60 hours a week, I was still working, trying to build an empire. And I got through my twenties and I still wasn't there. And I was just like, man, did I just like waste a season of life? And the answer to that is no, like I didn't, I, I was honing all these skills. I really believe that even if you like one of my mentors, at one point is the, um, the creator of, um, max preps. If you're familiar with that, uh, website, it's a really popular one for high school athletes. Yeah. Um, it was the 17th business that he created. It was the Gosh. only one that was profitable. Right. And yeah. so to think about that for a second, it's, you know, the valuation on that must be in the billions. Was it worth, was it worth it for him? Um, hmm. And so for me, like, if you're going through it, you just have to realize like whatever you're doing now that may not be working, you're learning what not to do for that next business. It's a lot like relationships too. You date someone and you're like, well, I don't want that for the next person. And so yeah. you just kind of, you kind of apply that to the next business. And so when I got in that room, um, in that seminar, I was just like, it was just check mark after check mark after check mark of all these things that I had done in my past businesses that I liked without all the things that I hated from those past businesses, like 
pleasing clients or like, you know, having to be the one to do all the work. Um, you know, I, I saw in flipping and wholesaling, like, Hey, I could hire people. I could put systems in place and then getting into Airbnb, the exact same thing. I could put people in place to do all the day-to-day activities while I just focus on the growth of the business. And that was really exciting for me. And what I love about that is like every story that I listened to, um, of entrepreneurs at any level, you know, whether it's the, the, ones that are most notable or just, you know, friends I talk to or, and that have had some success there, there always have like these seasons of failures. And then you go to your mentor, you're like 17 business attempts, maybe half of, I'm just guessing from like other stories I've heard, maybe half of them was the markets, like it wasn't the right product and the right market and all that. And probably half or more than half was like the entrepreneur's fault. Right. And, um, for, for everyone that I talked to, it's like, Oh, um, some of it, it's like, okay, they try things and it was, it just, wasn't the right idea. It wasn't the right market they were trying to go to. And then sometimes it's like, oh, it was a good idea, but they, they weren't ready for it. And, um, and like what, what really changed your mindset around that time where you were like, you were trying all these things. And then mm-hmm. it, it wasn't just what you were from my understanding. It wasn't just what you um, oh, you've just gone to real estate. Like ev- anyone could try to get into real estate and feel right, right. But but what were some of the other things that um like maybe the people you were listening to or the Yeah, no, great question because that was the first time in my life that I actually truly um got a, a real like mentor or a clear path to mm. where success was. So I dropped 30k at this fortune builders web uh seminar to get the path to success. Um, in the past, I never had that. My first business, I never had uh, a mentor. I didn't have someone showing me the path. In fact, uh, the, the guy with Max Preps I told you about was the mentor that I finally got that eventually like showed me after six years, like, hey, this isn't a viable business and like help me shut it down. Mm. So that was probably the first piece of advice I ever got from a mentor that I was like, okay, uh, this could have saved me probably five years if I had met him five years ago, um, then in the multi-level marketing company, um, I, I wouldn't really call the people in that business mentors per se. They're more leaders. And the difference there is a mentor to me has no bias, right? Like they're going to give you the straight and narrow, and they're going to tell you what it is and know this will work and know this won't work. And they're not going to sugarcoat anything. Whereas like in the MLM industry, right? Like if I recruit you, Joe, your success is directly related to my success. Mm. And so for that reason, there's a lot of bias in there and there's nothing wrong with that, but it just isn't a true like mentorship to me. It's it, There's a lot of sugarcoating there. So um, when I got into real estate and I finally said like, hey, I need to drop some money on a real mentor or a real course or a, or a program that's going to show me the way to do this so that I can eliminate all these mistakes. That's going to be the best way to do it. And it worked. I mean, you know, like I said, before that $75,000 was the most I'd ever made in a year and year one in real estate with flipping Airbnb. And I even got in a little bit of education, even year one, believe it or not. Um, I did $140,000 in year one and that you know, <laughs> yeah, I spent $30,000, but guys do the math, right? I spent 30, I made 140, 140 minus 30 was 110. That still is the most I ever made in my Man. entire life. It was, it was worth the investment. 
Um, and now, you know, uh, I've, I've had years of upwards of $400,000 and I, and I attribute it to now the, the, the money and the time that I put into listening and surrounding myself with people that know more than me. I love that. And, and now you've, you've kind of become that for other people, right. In terms of your, what you're offering in terms of coaching and, and, uh, your courses and Facebook groups and, and just free content online. Um, I, I love for you to kind of introduce like the path to maybe someone who's thinking about getting to Airbnb. Oh, um, like maybe talk to the, uh, start with probably someone who doesn't own a property or can't get approved for a house. Like talk about like subleasing and co-hosting probably for the first one. Like what, what path would you kind of recommend? Yeah. So first of all, like, uh, if, if you really want to get down and dirty with this model, I would just recommend going to my website. It's fearlesskyle.com. And there's a free webinar on the homepage there that shows you how to get your first property in the next 30 days without owning the property. But to break it down, like you said, Joe, so there's the traditional way of doing real estate or Airbnb where you own the property and you know you list it on Airbnb and you manage it, you furnish it, you do all of that, right? A lot of expenses go into that. If I'm buying a $400,000 house, maybe I'm lucky enough for that to be you know my primary home for the first year. And then I put it up on Airbnb after that. And I only have to put three and a half to 5% down. But most people are having to put 20% down because it's an investment loan. And that's $80,000 plus closing costs, probably another 10K. You're at $90,000 furnishing the whole place, probably another, you know, 10, 15, 20K, just rounding that up. You're at over $100,000 all in with that property. It's making great money. Most likely, if you've done your research and you've looked at it and you've used resources like AirDNA to really figure out is this a good market? Is this a good property? Um, and and it's a good return, but then you're like, well, I now I need to go make money again for the next year or two years to be able to afford that. Flip side, you could do one of two things. You could arbitrage it, like what you talked about, where I just go to a landlord and I say, hey, Mr. and Mrs. Landlord, I'm going to rent your property, but here's my strategy that I'm going to use. I'm actually going to sublease it on Airbnb. I don't use those words, by the way. Um, and your property is going to be taken care of because you're running out to me. I'm a business, not an individual. You're not going to have to worry about squatters. You're actually going to be more insured. Uh, you're going to make sure that, I'm going to make sure the condition of the property is amazing because I have to get five-star reviews from my guests. I'm going to be your best tenant ever. You rent to me. I keep all the profits. So if I rent it for $2,000 and I have another $1,000 of expenses with utilities, right? That's $3,000. Let's say I gross $4,500 to $5,000 on Airbnb. I just made $1,500 to $2,000 with a property that I don't own. And all I had to do was furnish that property, which cost me about $10,000, $20,000. I'm making my money back typically around month six to month nine with that strategy. And then after that, I'm just, I'm making great money. Um, so- that's arbitrage. Co-hosting is essentially just a glorified word for management. I have zero expenses going into that property. I just convince you, Joe, if you own the property and you say, hey, I want to do Airbnb, but I don't want to have all the headache of managing it. Great. I'm a co-host. I can manage this for you. I'm going to charge you somewhere in the neighborhood of 20 to 25% of the gross revenue, and you don't have to worry about anything. I'm going to do it all for you. But Joe, you do have to furnish it. You do have to pay for all those expenses up front. Okay, cool. So now I make 20, so let's just call it 20% on that same $5,000. I'm making $1,000 per month 
but I have zero startup costs. Mm. And that's really how we grew our business so quickly was because we got a couple investors that gave us some properties. They started making great money. They talked to their friends, the lawyers, the doctors, the the real estate professionals who didn't have time to go and manage it. And they just called me and I was the go-to person to add all of these properties. And I just started adding a team, started bringing in new people, started creating systems. And uh, now today we have this machine where I work about three to five hours a weekend uh, for 50 properties and my team runs the whole thing. I love that. And um, I think a lot of, especially, you know, entrepreneurs who, who are looking to try to grow and make money are We'll, we'll we'll listen to your story and get a little ambitious. And I'm sure a lot of your students kind of get ambitious of like, okay, they have the first property up. What what kind of pace do you recommend to your students in terms of you know second, third, fourth, fifth property? Yeah, um, I think that's a good question. I think that comes down to your risk tolerance, and it also comes down to your confidence in the market. Um, you know, I have a lot of students who come in and they say, I want the proof of concept. That's kind of where I was at when I first started. I was like, I want proof of concept. So I'm going to do one property. I'm going to prove that it works. And then I'm going to go out and do more. And then I have other students who are like, Hey, um, I've made three calls to landlords and all three said yes. And I'm pretty sure I'm going to make 2k, 3k per property on this. So I'm just going to go for it. And I just tell them like, okay, just really make sure you're rock solid in your numbers. Let's look at them together. Okay. I, I kind of look at it the same way. Let's make sure you know where the funding's coming from. Is it coming from credit cards? Is it coming from your you know, wealthy uncle? Is it coming from your bank account that you've been saving up on? What does the risk look like on, on those strategies? And let's play worst case scenario and best case scenario. And let's just make sure that you've gone over all of those together before like diving in. Because if you have, if you have three home runs right out of the gate, that's awesome. But what if you have three bombs right out mm-hmm. of the gate? Is that going to is that going to highly impact your life? Right. Um, so, you know, it's just about doing that, but I will say once you get the first one, that's when like the magic happens. Um, I was just talking to one of my top students. He got 50 properties in his first five months and he grossed over a million dollars by month eight. Crazy. Um, I've, I've never heard anyone move this fast before, but he's a killer. And I was talking to him yesterday. I actually was interviewing him for my podcast and I was, and, and he even admitted, he's like, you know, I got, I got into a, uh, into a mode where like, I just, I was never getting a no anymore. Every landlord I talked to was a yes. And so for me, I just kind of forgot about all those failures because when I looked back at it and this is his mm-hmm. words, he goes, when I looked back at it, like the first 25 to 30 landlords that I contacted were no's. And, and then he goes, I got my first, second property. I started to get the confidence. I started to get the the proof of concept. I started to get the portfolio and I could show that to a landlord and it just took off from there. And that's what I've found. I've never heard anyone get into this and say, you know, I got the first one pretty easily, but I could never get another one from there. <laughs> right? Mm-hmm. Like they all say, hey, the first one's the hardest, which is absolutely true. But after you get the first one, it just kind of snowballs because people see that you're the real deal and you have experience. I love it. And uh, for the li- for listeners, there's uh, hopefully you got a little taste of it. I'm sure like, you know, you've, you've already thought about it. What does, you know, Airbnb look like? And what does th- that business model look like? Um, Kyle goes, goes thorough on everything in terms of free content on YouTube and uh, social media. And then um, uh, I'll, I'll plug your website in the comments or somewhere on the screen or something. Um, yeah. And then where, where, where do you just recommend they go? Just website and YouTube, Instagram. Yeah. 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 Instagram is at fearless Kyle. 
the website is fearlesskyle.com and the YouTube channel is the fearless investor, actually YouTube and podcast are the fearless investor. So it's all free. Um, of course, you know, we've got some memberships and stuff too, but if you're listening to any of those, you'll, you'll see all the information on that. Awesome. And last question, maybe for those who, who feel a little stuck or need some motivation and life and entrepreneurship right now, like what's your best, uh, encouragement motivation to those? Yeah, it's really going back to what I said in the beginning there, like, um, identify the lifestyle that you want before the business that you want. Um, one of the things I can tell you that I learned when I became a sports anchor was that as soon as it became my living, like I had to make money from it, I lost a huge passion in, in sports. Um, I used to be the guy that watched ESPN all day long. And then as soon as I got that job, I was like, man, I just spent all day watching sports. I don't want to go home and watch sports. And I, I, for a while there was, was kind of like driven away from, from sports. And and I realized like, man, that's, it's nice to, um, to, to, you know, be in a, a, a job that feels like it would be a passion, but then like really sit down and look at like, is that going to feed the lifestyle that I want? Because that job was 2 PM to 11 PM Monday through Friday. And if you work 2 PM to 11 PM, you're not doing much outside of that. You don't have a social life. You're definitely not going to be a family man like that. And so I really didn't examine those things beforehand. And so now whenever I make a decision on any sort of business or any sort of opportunity, it's, does it feed the lifestyle that I want? And if you can start there and reverse engineer that into a business, you don't have to be guys. I'm not passionate about Airbnb. I'm passionate about the lifestyle Mm -hmm. that it gives me. Right. Like I, to be honest, hate a lot of things about the operations of Airbnb. I don't like talking to guests. I don't like furnishing the places. I don't like doing all of that, but I do love that I can put someone in place to do those things for me and it cash flows like crazy. So I can now go out and go to baseball games and be there to be the full-time dad that, and, and a great husband that I want to be. So that's where I would say, find the lifestyle, then reverse engineer into the business. Heck yeah. Thank you so much, Kyle. And I know that's an inspiration to um, those listening and maybe just provoke some ideas, right? Of, of what's next steps that we can take in our businesses. So thanks so much, Kyle. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for listening to the Inspired Business Leader. New episodes release each week. Keep growing and stay inspired.